Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores, man, it's a gardening time of year and they have all your needs, bring you Garage Logic Podcast number 629, June 3rd, 2021. The record high on this day occurred in 1923 when it was 92 and it was 34 degrees in 1945. Uh, kids are swimming right now in Minnesota. This uh, Today and over the next few days, I hope they're swimming on a beach kept weed-free by Aquaside, a White Bear Lake company. Aquaside products are easy to use. They work quickly. They're registered with the EPA and DNR, and the products are completely safe for you, the fish, and your family. There is no need, no need to let weeds overtake your lake or pond this summer. Call Aquaside today. They'll help you identify your weed problem and make sure your place looks great all summer long. Call Aquaside at 1-800-328-9350 or go to Aquaside.com. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the Newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. We were to be joined at the outset by Rashad Turner. He founded the BLM chapter in St. Paul, but has quit, claiming that his year or more behind the scenes revealed to him that they're not all they're cracked up to be. Uh, His particular emphasis was on their refusal to endorse charter schools. He wants better education for kids. There's no other way to say it. Rashad Turner has stiffed us. I suppose once once he gets wind of Fox News wanting him, Maybe we uh, slip down on the priority <laughs> list. We may h- hold out hope that he will join us maybe tomorrow. Oh, he had his invite today. He did. He, he had his do invite. You th- do you think the events of uh, the day at, down at uh, 38th in Chicago had anything to do with him not answering the call? I don't see, uh, based on what little I do know about him, I don't think he's had an active role or presence uh, on what has been called George Floyd Square. I don't. I don't think so. But uh, yeah. to, to complete these thoughts on Rashad Turner, I have an uh, email from Dave Bliss in Bulgaria. Yesterday you had a very interesting story about why Rashad Turner, the founder of the local chapter of Black Lives Matter, resigned from the group. There was an interesting link of logic in his statements that might have been missed by many, so I thought I should point it out. Mr. Turner was bothered by how Black Lives Matter opposed school choice. To quote him exactly, the moratorium on charter schools does not support rebuilding the black family, but it does create barriers to a better education for black children. In your report, you quoted him as saying that those who are opposed to charter schools are racist. Here is the logic he presents. If you oppose charter schools, you are racist against black children. Black Lives Matter opposes charter schools. Therefore, in the opinion of Mr. Turner, a former insider with Black Lives Matter, the organization is racist. That is a pretty strong opinion from someone who was a leader and founder with the organization. Why do I bring this up? For years you have been asking why BLM does not show up on the south side of Chicago. I believe Mr. Turner gave you the answer. 
racist organizations would naturally be predisposed to turn a blind eye to the deaths of those they are racist against. They might even try to vilify the people tasked to prevent such violence. It seems your question has been answered. Wow. Mm. Those are some strong remarks by Dave Bliss, who uh, is a great thinker. Uh, Dave Bliss said that. (laughs) Not not me. Dave Bliss said that. Right, right. For the record. For the record, I'm just going on the record. Kenny mentioned the events at 38th in Chicago today. It's it's being reopened, uh, if in fact it's not already uh, opened. Uh, Apparently it was done with the help of a group called the Agape Group. And they they worked with the city uh, to get this intersection open. Uh, as Kenny predicted, they did it at 4.30 in the morning, but they've, in my view, they've done it 11 months too late. I still firmly believe that, that the allowance of that malignant idleness contributed to an increase in crime. I know it's a safe space for many and a healing space for many, but it also you know, became dangerous and... Uh, uh, patrolled by outlaw, not outlaws, but by private citizens of whom the Agape group is a private uh, group. And the city uh, apparently reached an agreement. Uh, that's how I would state it. Uh, but don't or let's put it this way. The Agape group reached an agreement with the city on reopening the intersection. But don't yes, you think Chris. that the, the timing of it all had to have been done by design, given the the high octane nature of both the trial and just the community in general? That that's why they waited until after the trial was complete. No, I will never forgive the city for for allowing this to be closed for more than a year. I I, I think the city failed miserably. Uh, they had the, one job to right. to not let that happen. And and then when it came time to reopen it, apparently they could not competently complete their one job without the help of the private sector, if you want to consider the Agape group the private sector. You're saying something that they have not said, Joe. From everything I've watched this morning and read, the city did not contact them, and the city had nothing to do with this. This is according to them now, Agape. And it was them that got the, it was Agape that got the ball rolling. They contacted the city, told them what they were going to do, requested the city workers to come in and and get this underway this morning. That's the way it's been portrayed to us. I, I said that. I said I, I reversed my but, sentence and I said the Agape group apparently reached an agreement with the city. Yeah, yeah. To That's reopen awesome. the intersection. Why don't we play a fellow named Steve Floyd, uh, who I believe is the leader of the Agape group. It was a group of volunteers who uh, claimed to have what? Uh, provided security for a year at George Floyd mm-hmm. Square. Is that a safe mm-hmm. way to say, uh, correct yeah, way to say it? Yeah, yeah. Why don't we play? Uh, they, the Agape group had a long press conference this morning. Uh, the city officials, we believe, are having a press conference at 115, which we'll take you to which it sounds silly on a podcast, but we'll take you to it. Uh, uh, here, is the, here are the opening remarks of Steve Floyd of the Agape Group. purpose of why we out here today, uh, Agape was a part of negotiations and meeting with the city, the mayor, and the police 
and the Office of Violent Prevention. As far as going in as a community standpoint, we wanted to make the statement that the community can open this up, that the community should open it up, simply because one of our main reasons was that we thought that this had naturally progressed itself to the opening. But then as we had babies being killed over north and all of the shootings that has taken place, uh, we felt that we needed to open this up so then we could start paying attention to our babies get, getting killed as far as for black people. And, and with that, you know, we established this and we, in our negotiations. We met with the chief, we met with the mayor, the office, the city workers and the Office of Violent Prevention and negotiated and say we want the square to remain as it is as far as all of the things that's going through. And they just wanted to add through traffic so it can open up and then we can begin to make this a new normal and build this community to the way that it's supposed to be. We were expecting set, uh, pushback. We expected that. But we also want to say that we want to acknowledge the women who was holding this thing down. This thing was held down by women and we felt that they did an amazing and an incredible job on that. But now it's time to open it up. And it's, ba it's basically us coming to the table, working together to continue this. Because the goal for this is to what will happen after this is open up. And as Agape Movement, we've established that already to make this community more proper and more safer. And if you can see and recognize what was happening, what they've done, they've actually made it safer. It's only going to be 20 miles an hour going through here. It's going to be stop signs, so it won't be the rush that it normally has. So Agape played the role with the community involved. We went around the community. We went door to door asking the neighbors what they felt without giving them any type of uh, suggestion. Most of, most of them, 90% of them said that they wanted to see it open, but they wanted to see it open safely. And we have done it as safely as we possibly could, and we're going to remain out here after it's over because we're going to build this community. And then we also want to pump up what's going on on the north side that needs to be paid attention to because we want to do the other side of Black Lives Matter. We ain't trying to prove to the world and to white people that Black Lives Matter. Now we're going to prove it to ourselves that Black Lives Matter to us. Boy, that, that compels in me a number of questions. Uh, number one, uh, I wonder how they arrived at the conclusion that now was the time to open it. And if, if you want to, prov if I could provide a hopeful response to my own question. It sounds like that in some capacity, the likes of this Steve Floyd, I'm assuming there's no relationship to George Floyd, in some capacity, he might have awakened to the idea that the closing of that intersection was not helpful to the overall crime scene in Minneapolis. No, it was just the opposite. And that, it, and that he is acknowledging to his credit, we need to get over there and stop killing children. Let's, in other right. words, forget that we've been playing Fort here for a year, hasn't accomplished a damn thing. And now he didn't say that, of course. Uh, but it, it sounds to me like uh, that that's, that that was be the thread of his thinking. The other thing that it, that I think became very evident is that this agape group uh, had a very strong role in negotiating with the city when this would be done and how it would be done. And you can read into that whatever you want, but uh, I, I'm suggesting that there was an arrangement made. No, I'm speculating that there was an arrangement made between the city and the agape group. Uh, I got a note from 
Larry from Manitoba. Isn't it interesting that the same government that thinks they know what's best for us let the intersection of 38th and Chicago become unruly and out of hand and then turn to the private sector, agape movement, to fix the problem? Thankfully, as I send this to you, there hasn't been any reports of violence at this intersection this morning. Uh, did city leaders anticipate violence and not want to be associated with it? But when it gets accomplished successfully by Agape, I wonder if Fry or the city council will try and, tra- try and take credit for this success. Uh, well, we'll learn that at 115. And I think we all know the answer to that question. Let me try to articulate better what I mean when I suggest that I think it was a, a, a mistake to let that intersection get closed. I don't know, given the, given the nature of who we've elected to office, uh, particularly uh, uh, who represents that area, not Jeremiah, uh, the transgender fellow. I thought it was uh, Jenkins. Andrea, Andrea Jenkins, yeah. transgender woman. Andrea Jenkins in, uh, uh, is it Alyssa Cano? Yes. It was inevitable that... Alondra, Alondra Cano. Alondra. Alondra. Sorry. It, it was inevitable that there would have been some sort of closure. We live in the day when instant memorials go up on freeways. and You know what I'm saying. It, it was, yeah. uh, it was uh, uh, inevitable that some... Some uh, permission would have been given to keep it closed, but not for a year. And what I mean by that is I think it provided, it was a sense of festering. It, it, I can't speak for the people who might have genuinely found peace there, but it, it became a symbol of unrest. And I just think had it been open for the year, there would have been a far more degree of normalcy, of softness, of of uh, like the the, the slot, the, a calm as it slides down. I agree with you. And it then you be... add to that, you add to that, the malignant idleness, which in a large part was brought about by the COVID year. So it was a real bad conjunction of a of a idle COVID year for too many people, and this. This constant daily reminder of of how police should be hated and uh, and what have you. I just think it was a dreadful, dreadful mistake, and it was brought to the citizens of Minneapolis by a very incompetent and in, way in over their head city council and mayor. And uh, it took negotiations with this private activist group who uh, who got it done. Got it done. I don't know. I I have no predictions to make about the future. Will this will will uh, activists now throw up other barriers there? Will they try to keep this, uh, or will the police uh, patrol it and keep it open? I well, have I, no idea. I was listening to some some of it in Q or the the, the KSTB news report in Q. They are going to turn where the um, where the the. The fist? Yes, they're going to turn memorial. that. That's staying yeah. there. That memorial staying there, and there will be a what they call a permanent structure. Okay, but right. I'm I'm okay with uh, this is a destin this is an international destination. I think down the road here. I, I don't mean tourist, but the, people will come here to see that site. That's okay, but it should be open and beautiful and not um, uh, well, piecemeal together. 
That's what they're trying to do. Uh, the thing in the middle of the street will become permanent, and it will be nice. They've already got the roundabout signs up. Um, the, the roundabout signs went up right away as soon as they removed the barriers this morning. The problem is as soon as the barriers were, were removed, some of the local residents put their own makeshift barriers back in place. That's what we can't have. Because Then right. it's going to look ding, ding. Out of respect for right. Mr. Floyd, who lost his life and now has become this iconic figure for people to... Foghorn that. Oh, you're right. Okay. Uh, for um, people to vent somehow. Okay. Uh, but what I'm saying is they will come there and it should... It should look nice and clean and beautiful. It shouldn't be makeshift anything. That's what well, they're working for, Matt. Yeah. Well, that, that will take uh, quite a bit of enterprise because it's, it's, it's not, by definition, a beautiful intersection. It's an urban intersection with scraps of paper on the curb right. and whatnot. It's going to take, it'll take some real civic. Now, that would be, that would be interesting to see a movement develop to beautify it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Whatever group it is, we're we're keeping this thing nice and clean, so when these people come by, they can have a pleasant experience. From everything I saw this morning, that is the goal. They didn't throw away any of the artwork or any of the flowers, the plants, or anything like that. They just moved them aside. The only thing they did was remove the barriers, and obviously, they were probably going to try to get rid of the uh, awful graffiti. That's uh, you know, some of it's pretty vile. Now that being said, I don't think they should rename the governor's residence after this gentleman. But I do believe that that intersection, that area, should be spruced up. They are also, some folks already, they're calling online for people to bring more materials to create mm-hmm. barriers, which, you know, right. uh, that's going to be an interesting. Right, so it's going to be interesting going forward watching how uh, Agape and the city deals with these uh, the residents or whoever it is. I've already seen talks that it's Antifa, um, but, you know, that obviously hasn't been confirmed. Um, and from what I've been seeing, and John, did you find the same thing? John and I were doing a little fact-checking there while you were talking, Joe. Um, Agape is not, is not the group that demanded, gave that ridiculous list of demands yeah. to the city last 24 August. demands, yeah. Right, yeah, right. It's, uh, it, it was not Agape. It was mm-hmm. that uh, the group that uh, basically said they were in charge, the ex-Marine female, remember? Right. Uh, she right. was uh, the head of that group. I don't know what they called themselves, but. Right. I just think it will go down historically as a uh, tremendous, tremendous mistake to have allowed that for a year. Uh, I just can't help but feel that it compelled, I I, want to say it compelled crime, but I might be reaching too far. I, might I don't think you far. are, Joe, because I think uh, in their own words, uh, that's what Agape said. And we only played the first couple of minutes, but there were three speakers um, this morning. It was like a 13-minute presser. And they all, in their own words, basically said what you just said, that that this did not help. And uh, we've got rampant violence in the Twin Cities right now, black on black, and it needs to stop. Yeah, that was was the burning coal that, that was ignited for one year. And uh, it the return to normalcy as soon as possible would have, I contend, would have done wonders to mitigate what became a terrible surge in crime 
over the yeah. year, over the year. Yeah, and I think that's their goal is to, to return that um, intersection to what they're calling a place of healing as opposed to a place of, of violence and, and death and gunshots. And, you know, um, there, there's gunshots there around that neighborhood every day, day mm -hmm. and night, you know. Well, name me a spot now or in Minneapolis where that's not the case. Well, I suppose it's not the case. you're right. In, yeah. I suppose it's not the case. Uh, there are neighborhoods where you're not Southwest is about the only place that, that doesn't have this kind of, you know, in Kenwood. Right, right. Well, be careful where you work and enjoy where you work. So consider Center Point of Mendota Heights. It's a commercial office park, eight-building campus, close to the airport, uh, close access to highways 55, 62, 494, and 694, but it's a rolling parkland. It's shaded. You park right in front of your building. You're not waiting for elevators. You're not fighting construction downtown. You're comfortable. There's great places outside to have lunch. There's walking trails and bike trails. All the office space is customizable so you get exactly what you want. Get your own restroom. You're not waiting in line for that, as I said. Amen to waiting. that. Amen. You're not, wait you're not waiting in line for elevators because they're all one story. Right. And Hurry you, up, uh, Ken. You design them uh, however you wish, and uh, your employers will be happy, and you, the employer, I mean, your employees will be happier, and you, the employer, will be happy. Uh, you can get more info at, what are you doing? Bathroom, I'm trying to finish the ad The bathroom here. situation is real. Yeah. We know that. It's real. Escape to Mendota.com. Uh, Thank you, Escape to Mendota. Center point. We love you, Hugh. We love yeah, you. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, I'm surrounded by these morons. Hey, GLers, it's officially mosquito season. If you're getting eaten up in your yard, please call my guys at Mosquito Shield. They are owned and operated by GLers. Fantastic people. Ray and Mike, they are a father and son team who own and operate two franchises right here in the Twin Cities. They've been at it since 2014. And now in western Wisconsin, listen to this. Jay was so impressed last year by Mosquito Shield ads on GL that he wanted the service for his yard. So he said, heck with it. He bought his own franchise, and he is now serving western Wisconsin. These guys are legit. I've had them done in my yard. And here's why it's important. They use a proprietary blend that is specifically formulated to rid your yard of mosquitoes and ticks. It was invented by the founder of Mosquito Shield. They will take great care of you and your yard. Do this right now. Find them online at MoShield.com. That's M-O-Shield.com. Click on the locations in Minnesota and Wisconsin, and you'll find them. Or just give Ray and Mike a call at 612-619-1556 for Minnesota Yards. And for Western Wisconsin, you can call Jay or Jack at 715-410-4221. If you mention GL, you are going to get $75 off your service with Mosquito Shield. Joe, Why doesn't Rook hit the drops for the liners? <laughs> Joe, hit a liner. Give us a drop. Okay, here we Rook. go. He needs to go to the bank, so we got to get this show over quick. Here's Joe Suchere. <laughs> no, I'm in a real liner. Oh, okay. <laughs> what, what, what else, uh, Rook? What else? Another, uh, the bank? And stamps. Um, He's got to go to the post office. Uh, it was bank, stamps, get the mail, and then sit and look at an engine with the hood up in your garage. Yep. And I freaking yes. nailed it, too. He, did, he, he, he was silent because I nailed all four. 
he just sits there with the hood up looking at that yeah, thing. Right, what are you looking at for? A non-stock carburetor in that car that he put in. <laughs> are you oh, done? He, are you going to do an ad? In operation for 50 years, our friends at Moon Motorsports, that's 71 to 2000, or, yeah, 2021, family owned the whole time. They've got a great selection of motorcycles, ATVs, side-by-side sleds, the largest inventory in the region. Up onto moonmotorsports.com to see everything. And because of that wide selection and how big they are, Moon can locate some of these hard-to-find machines you've been looking for, which brings me to the real point of all of this, dads. Aren't dads just great? Say yes, kids. Come on, Mom. Yes. Say, say dads are great. Uh, with Father's Day coming up, Moon Motorsports has the riding apparel, accessories, and motorbikes that your uh, old man or dear old dad really, really wants. Stop by Moon Motorsports. They're in Monticello, a short ride west of Minneapolis. They're south of 94, okay, and west of Highway 25. Uh, and you can see them, that great, great big cathedral. You can see them right there from the freeway. Nine brands to compl- uh, con- uh, con- contemplate. Yes. Dad's <laughs> was a lot easier to say, wasn't it, Kenny? Dad's is a lot Viola. easier to say. 5950. <laughs> <laughs> com. Thank you. Vic uh, in Egan writes, so I'm going to be uh, swinging by the Knack Hardware and Lounge later today looking to play some bets. Who do I talk to? I need the over-under on how much cash was handed over to the community activists to get the barriers torn down. I need the over-under on days it will take to reestablish the barricades for the good of the community. And I need the over-under on will Lady Fry take responsibility for this or pawn it off on someone else. P.S. Visited DK Mags yesterday. No no semi-truck parking there either, but I managed. All right. And John writes... uh, with the Agape movement being involved with the city and opening George Floyd Square, I guarantee the city has paid off the Agape movement in order to clear the area. Hopefully some aspiring reporter will call out the city and get to the bottom of that. Yeah, right. Good luck, Minnetonka John. I, I don't know, but I think the word arrangement was, is the right word. Uh, some sort of arrangement was reached, and uh, the intersection is now open. I, we, none of us can predict... How long that will remain? And regard in regards thought, to the journalist part, man. In regards to the journalist part, I mean, you could have the best reporter in the country ask questions. You're not going to get an answer, <laughs> right? I, I really thought I was the most cynical person on the program, but uh, uh, dude, uh, that had not occurred to me, dude. As they say, don't, don't say, dude. He was c- quoting no, the Lebowski. Oh, the dude. Yeah, it's, it's your own fault if you don't get it. Right. Uh, that not occurred to me, dude. I just think that uh, it's too it's too coincidental that the city had to have the help of this movement. In other words, the city was too fearful of doing this itself. And again, it should have been done eleven months ago. But the city the city was too fearful to send in public works and say this is a commercial intersection because it's, uh, it's going to be open. Did, Sorry, did they ever? Explain why was it civil unrest or was it more crime or was it? I don't. I never got the reason. What's the, what's the, the question? Re- what is the your re- question? Opening? The question is why did the city not proceed with, with a normal city oh. during normal times? They oh. would have just gone in there and done that. Who were they afraid? I can of? answer you. I okay. can answer you. The closer you get to the country's tallest buildings, this this kind of behavior by the city would not be at all uncommon. It is a pandering 
to a political group, a, polit a group of political identity. In this case, people that the Salon believed to be mourning, M-O-U-R, uh, and, and thought they were doing the right thing by their constituents to honor their feelings and emotions rather than run a city. So it's a it's a it's a piece of uh, 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 a slice out of euphoria. It's absolutely they have textbook. no issue. These people can't run a city. Mm. They're demonstrating it. They can't run I, a city. I think the answer is two oh. parts. Your your answer was the first part. The second uh, part is they're, they're scared to death of more violence. They know they can't quell the violence, and they they knew by opening it themselves that it would just lead to mayhem and burning and looting and everything else. Did you notice this morning, Such? There was no Minneapolis police presence whatsoever. No law enforcement on the scene whatsoever. Mm -hmm. There was none? Mm -mm. none? None. Wow, I did not notice that. Well, the I police, that was the remarkable. Police, the police have been constantly hectored that they're unwelcome there. Right. Uh, but now that yeah. it's a functioning uh, city intersection again, I'm sure the police will be driving through there. Wouldn't be so sure. Boy, that I was just going to say that might be pretty. Did you find more, Chris, or should we just wait? No, I was just about to mention that. Uh, Kenny, help me with his last name, but he was introduced as Al. He was the second. Or That's all I know, and I can't find him yeah. on the website. Um, just call him a community activist and part of the Agape group. He was the third speaker. The second speaker uh, did speak, but very briefly, and he was wearing his mask, so you really couldn't under understand him well. But this was Al who spoke third at that press conference. Uh, uh, thank you. As a, over a 30-some year resident of uh, South Minneapolis, I want to uh, thank uh, Agape and uh, for uh, starting uh, uh, the movement of healing. This is the real healing going on right here. And if you ain't, if, if you, yesterday I was at the funeral of a six-year-old uh, African-American baby. Uh, it's an eight-year-old African-American baby gonna get uh, buried uh, uh, pr pretty quick. And then one in the uh, hospital uh, uh, with his uh, brain on freeze right now, still in a coma. And when we see stuff like uh, that happening in our uh, community, some uh, different has to stand. So when I look at uh, what's all happened, the uh, black lives have not really benefited off of, 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 of what's been happening. They, it's a lot of uh, uh, funds that came down to organizations that haven't put it back into the black community. So the time is now to uh, uh, to uh, start over and, and do something economically. Like Hakeem uh, uh, said, like Steve Floyd said, it's, it's time for us to start talking about the economic part of this too. We're never, uh, as a, a person on the mediation team with uh, uh, Unity, uh, uh, working with uh, Chief Arredondo uh, to build relationships uh, with the police in our community, we have to as a black man, as an African-American man, I can say that. That's we the ones suffered after the abolishment and dismantlement movement. It's time to make a change. It's time for us to work together. If you won at the funeral, if you haven't been involved with our babies getting killed, don't tell us what to do now. If, if they say it's time to open, and I say as a Southside resident, it's time to open, it's time to open. We And we want the support of you that's all out here that's talking about economic. We want economic support. We want economic support. Not we want to do what we need to do for our community like every other community. We're, and so it's the time. The time is now to make the, uh, make the change. And, uh, again, I'm going to thank uh, the, the people that's been doing the security. All of all y'all that's been trying to help with security, uh, uh, missing you might miss some of the violence that's been going on over South, but we've been seeing it. 
we see it south and north. So it's time. The time is now to do this, and all your all our white allies that said we uh, we want some economic justice. We want you to help us economically stand up with us economically about education, housing, public safety. At the public safety at the main one. If we don't get public safety, we get nothing. Remember the three babies, uh, Anaya, Trinity, the day beyond. Remember those babies. Remember those babies. That's what we. That's what I'm fighting for, and I know that's what they fight for. And thank, thank y'all for coming out to get this out there. Our community, the black community, have never been in the decision making when they said abolishing dismantle, and so now that's why we where we at right now. Wow. I, I don't know what you guys heard, but I'm hearing a, a not very subtle put-down of Black Lives Matter from these speakers. I'm hearing I, frustration. I believe yeah. there's an awakening by people like this fellow who realize, well, Black Lives Matter hasn't done a damn thing for us. We better start worrying about our own kids getting shot. We better take care of this. I'm hearing an awakening. I'm hearing something very positive from these people. I do like that. If you haven't been to a funeral, if you haven't been involved in this, then you have no say in the matter. You can't be a group that comes in and this is what we have to do. So These are Southsiders. Yeah, so maybe their reasoning, Joe, in wanting this open is they don't want this area to continue to be a haven or a safe zone for yes. uh, the thugs and the bangers that run to this area to hide from the police because they know the police won't go there. Right. That, that's kind of what I'm hearing, at least from that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm hearing that they that it wouldn't have broken their hearts to have it open 10 months ago. They're right. realizing that this did no good. Yeah. It became dangerous. Uh, well, whatever. Well, it was Joe. It was just two weeks ago, wasn't it? That there were, uh, what, forty shots yeah. fired. And it wasn't even two weeks ago. It was last week. It was last uh, week that, on the occasion of the anniversary of George anniversary. Floyd's death. Yeah. Wasn't that May twenty fifth? Yeah. And it was that AP guy, and we got it all on tape. Ten thirty mm. in the morning. Ten thirty in the morning. 30 Over shots forty shots. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, forty shots. No, it's it's it, 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 it. History will record this as a. Terrible, terrible, terrible mistake, and I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that the Agape uh, had a hand in getting it done. They got to get this open. It's just, and you're right. They keep talking about healing, and and you know it's kind of a new age buzzword. But I think what's being implied there is uh, uh, there would there could not be any healing, meaning getting rid of crime is how I would say healing is if you kept it closed. If yep. you kept it closed, you got no shot at the healing process, which, in my estimation, again, is the elimination of crime. So now it's that's got a chance that has a chance to build. And uh, I can give you this statement from the mayor and two city council members: Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Fry, City Council Vice President Andrea Jenkins. Imagine that the City Council Vice President. And City Council Member Alondra Cano issued the following statement uh, this morning. So this is Fry, Jenkins, and Cano. The city's three guiding principles for the reconnection of 38th and Chicago have been community safety, racial healing, and economic stability, and development for black, indigenous, Latinx, which I don't even think is a word, Asian, and other communities of color. The Agape movement brought together community leadership to begin facilitating the phased Reconnection this morning with the city playing a supportive role. We are grateful for the partnership. We are collectively committed 
to establishing a permanent memorial at the intersection, preserving the artwork and making the area an enduring space for racial healing. Alongside city leadership, we have met on a regular basis with community members to discuss both the short-term path forward, reconnecting this area, and the long-term plan for the neighborhood with sustained investments to help restore and heal the community. Uh, the city plans to hold a press availability today. We believe that is at 1.15, and uh, we'll certainly put our ear to it. But there's your, uh, there's your statement from the salon. There's really not much to read between the lines there, uh, except we couldn't have done this without Agape. We couldn't have done this without them. Because we, we, we have been too fearful. We have been too incompetent. We didn't know how to do it. And so we, we, we've been waiting a long time for this. Thank and God thank you. Thank you guys showed thank, up. Thank yeah, God up. That should be the press conference. Yeah. That should absolutely be it right there. Word for word, 30 seconds over and done. We don't know what the hell to do. We've never known what the hell to do. Right. And now we finally got some help from people who knew what the hell to do. We can't even balance a checkbook. No. Let's be honest. Jeez Louise. We don't know how to run a city. We're here to tell you that right now. We can't do it. We just can't do it. Escape the noise. Boy, there's been a lot of it lately, huh? Escape the noise at Giants Ridge. Play the two best, two of the best public golf courses in the country, the Quarry and the Legend. Uh, but it's more than golf. It's escaping the noise. It's getting back to nature in the woods and the hills and the lakes and the greenery. It's beautiful. Great 37-hole special. Play the Legend and the Quarry on the same day. Uh, plus lunch between rounds for one incredible rate, $160 plus tax on weekdays and $175 plus tax on weekends. Uh, Giants Ridge offers group rates for groups of eight or more. They'll help you customize a tournament. Maybe you want to have a family tournament or your buddies want to have a tournament. They'll help you put all that together. Great lodging, great dining. What a great experience it will be. You can view 3D course flyovers of the legend in the quarry at GiantsRidge.com, and you can learn more and book tea times online at GiantsRidge.com or by calling 218-865-8030. Here it is, happy positive Thursday again, which means Mr. Mike Schoonover of Schoonover Body Works and Glass and Shoreview is on the line. There are one-stop, family-owned, third-generation body shop on County E in Lexington in Shoreview, uh, the sole sponsor of Positive Thursday. Mike, um, well, hello, first of all. Hi, Mike. Hey, fellas. Happy Positive Thursday. Yeah. Um, I, well, I don't know. Um, from what I can tell, you're not only are you going to have to open up another shop uh, because there's so much crashing right now on the system, um, but while you're at it, maybe could you open an anger management service shop at the same time? <laughs> this is insane, Mike. We've been back in business here for a couple of weeks, and there are a ton of wrecks every day now. Yeah, it's, uh, well, we, I think we've talked about it before with the, you know, less traffic being on the road, it, it gives people a green light to just drive like fools and, and just, drive 100 miles an hour without any regard for anybody else's safety. So it's a kind yeah. of scary right now. And it seems to me, um, listening to the scanner during the morning morning drive, that um, there's a lot of hostility on the roads. Uh, I'm hearing a lot of driver complaints, a lot of people flashing the finger, cutting each other off. 
uh, can't we all just get along just on the way to work at least? Wow. <laughs> well, you know what, Kenny? I think we've had a we have a pretty good bedside manner here, talking people through. Uh, uh, getting into a wreck or, you know, running into their garage or running into their wife's car that was parked in the driveway where it wasn't supposed to be before. Uh, but, but that anger management, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if we're qualified to handle that. So hopefully, hopefully one day at a time, it'll get better as uh, all these COVID related things start kind of disappearing. All I know is when I hang out with you and Nikki there uh, in the lobby at Schoonover, I always uh, I always leave a lot more calmer than when I walked in. Uh, you guys, you do it all up there. Of course, of course, the body work we always talk about that, but oil changes, service work, uh, new tires, you name it. Schoonover Body Works and Glass covers it in Shoreview. Um, you've been at it for 80 years. You're always rated as one of the best shops in the Metro GLers. Thank you so much for choosing schoonoverbodyworks.com. Truth, justice, and the suture. Are you uh-huh. having trouble with your water? <laughs> yes, we yes. are. Oh, Leakage. Then look no further than my friends at Hofferman Water. They, they are have your... free samples? Yes, they do, Joe. <laughs> they will come directly to your house and sample your water for free. They are your local independent water treatment dealer. They have been serving Minnesotans for nearly 50 years and understand the unique problems that Minnesota water brings. I did go through this a few years ago. My wife and I, we were having a little problem with the water in our house. So what we did was we had uh, Jim come out and test our water, and it was awful. So I ordered the S650 water softener. It's rated as the world's most efficient And I'm going to tell you right now, it made a world of difference. Think about it. Water affects basically every aspect of your home, your appliances, your laundry, your showers, everything. It makes it so much better. So here's what I'd like you to do. Go online to their website. It's very, very easy. It's HoffermanWater.com or just call them directly at 612-895-2440 for your free water analysis and estimate. And please let them know that you heard about it right here on Garage Logic. Uh, again, one more word about Rashad Turner, who left his role as the founder of the St. Paul chapter of Black Lives Matter. He was to have joined us today. He did not. Uh, I have yet to see a word. Today it was in the New York Post. Uh, I have yet to see a word in the Minneapolis or St. Paul papers about this. I find that, I find that really unusual. Uh, there is a video going around that's become viral. Ooh. And uh, I want to tell you his name. Uh, his name is Corey Yeshua, and to get the foghorn ready. I love this guy, but I'm sorry, his daughter's name has to be Foghorn. Oh no! Yeah, royalty, royalty. Oh, that's not a. That's no, no, no. Uh, but they're responding to uh, critical race theory. Uh, he is a black young man, and uh, this is his daughter. She doesn't look to be more than what four or five. And she's just adorable. And, and uh, I just love what this guy says. Here it is. Daddy teaches you you can be anything in this world that you want to be, right? Don't daddy teach you that? Yeah, and it doesn't matter if, if you're black or white or any color. doesn't matter if you're black, white, brown, yellow. yellow. Right? Black. And, and how we treat people is based on who yeah. they are and not and what color nice. they are. And if they're nice and smart. See, this is how this is how children think right here. Critical race theory wants to end that. Not with my children. It's not gonna happen. 
My baby's gonna know that no matter what she wants to be in life, all she has to do is work hard, and she can become that. Work hard, even though you don't know anyone, you can make friends. <laughs> yeah, you can make friends, no matter what color they are. So we need to stop CRT. Period. Point blank. Children do not see skin color, man. Nope. They love everybody. If they're good people, they love them. We pray for people that are hurt. Well, good for you, Phil. Wow. That's so key, though, because kids don't see race. Yeah, but he's on to something. All of my reading about critical race theory, I can sum it up, I think. It's not new, by the way. It's a new affectation in the failed academy. But it's a thinking that might even go back to the 19th century. And what it is, it's the belief that the world is structured by groups and not individuals. That's the simplest yeah. way I can say it. That, yeah. that the world is structured by group, not the individual. And this young man, uh, whether he knew it or not, he, he, he broke that apart. He, the world is we're comprised of individuals, and you have your own individuality and your own freedom. And you are what you are. You don't, you're not identified by your membership in a group. But critical race theory would identify you by membership in a group. And, and I, I find that preposterous. Uh, it, it strips you of your individuality. And this guy, God bless him, he just gets on there with his kid and says, basically, it's BS. It's just BS. And I'm not going to expose my child to it. And uh, How should you. healthy is that for that guy? Uh, he's, I'm sure he's, he's met with resistance uh, to, to people that he meets. And says, what are you doing? Are you selling? No. Just love life. And he's teaching that love and expressing that through his daughter, who is going to be so well-rounded and smart. No, no, no. Man, she's got to fight that name all her life. Well, so. that's true. I mean, can't have it all, kids. <laughs> I, wonder if, I wonder if he witnessed the same thing I witnessed when my kid was, you know, in early elementary, first, second grade, when when uh, all, all the kids of all races were playing happily together and the teachers and the administration were saying, we've got to get more diversity. We need diversity to teach these kids diversity. And, I, and I'm looking at the playground going, uh... I think they're I think they're way ahead of you on that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's amazing! It's just amazing. Uh, uh, we need about four million more of those guys. Yeah. I just hope it's seen by a lot of people who could have their thinking changed by that. Well, Say, Schmelz Countryside, Schmelz Countryside uh, in Maplewood. Uh, a good supply of VWs in stock, that's important. Not everybody has a supply of cars because of this chip problem. And it's 0% for 60 months on 2021 VWs. They also have the ID4s in stock. They're available for delivery in June. That's the complete EV vehicle that I've driven. It's fascinating technology. You're on your own if you want a Fiat 124 Spider because uh, there were four left as of yesterday, and I don't know what the current conditions are, but I'd race there to find out or go to the website. SchmelzVW.com, SchmelzFiat.com, SchmelzAlfaRomeo.com. I've known these people for years. I went to school with them. Uh, it's where I shop. It's a multi-generational dealership. They don't own 40 stores. This is it. It's right at the intersection of or the southeast quadrant of uh, Highway 36 and 61 in Maplewood. And it's great people, great service, and I love those brands, man. VW, Fiat, and... Uh, Alpha Romeo at Schmelz Countryside. We're going to be back with John Heights Newscast. Mm -hmm.
I'm waiting for the sophomoric nonsense to stop. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, <laughs> sifting through the nuts and bolts oh. of life. Joe Souchere. Yeah, yeah, I know you're thinking about it. Let me tell you something right now. It is trigger time. Time to get on the web and log on to aimhighconstructionmn.com. See what Chris and his crew can do for you. Roofing, siding, decks, kitchens, bathrooms, on and on and on. Uh, commercial work, outbuildings. You can pretty much name it, and they'll do it, and they'll do it well. By the way, uh, I have to say thanks to all the GLers who have already contacted Aim High. You guys are keeping them busy. But I want you to keep Aim High in, in, uh, in mind for storm damage. When global warming causes one of these tornadoes to roll through or hail to roll through and do damage to your siding and roofs, keep these guys in mind. They're an established company. They can do it and deal with your insurance repairs. Not some guy in a pickup truck from FLA. Uh, but you've got to give them time. Like I've been saying, materials, yeah, prices have gone up. But uh, Aim High's labor costs have not gone up. And as material prices go down, Aim High is going to revise your bid to reflect this market, the current market, and supplies. So uh, keep them in mind. They do everything. They do it well. AimHighConstructionMN.com. Here's John Height. Thanks, Joe. Uh, the defense attorney for ex-Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin has asked for a downward sentencing departure for his client. Documents filed in Hennepin County Court propose probation and prison time equal to the time that Chauvin has already served instead of the sentencing he is facing. He was charged and convicted of second and third degree murder charges as well as a second degree manslaughter charge. He'll be sentenced on June 25th. On the flip side, prosecutors have already asked that the former officer serve more time. On Wednesday, prosecutors asked for Chauvin's sentencing length to be 30 years. In the defense motion, Nelson, his lawyer, cited Chauvin's age, lack of prior convictions, cooperation and attitude in court, and support from the community as factors for Judge Peter Cahill to consider. Cahill will decide on the motion in the next few days. A second man has been sentenced in connection to an arson that occurred at Wells Fargo in South Minneapolis. According to the U.S. Attorney's Office, 30-year-old Mark Bell Gonzalez was sentenced to just over three years, 37 months in prison. According to court documents, on May 28th, Gonzalez and others set fire to the bank. The U.S. Attorney's Office says he poured gasoline onto the building while a crowd chanted, burn it down. Last month, Alexander Stephen Heil also sentenced in connection to the arson of that bank during rioting. With little news coming out of budget talks four weeks before the state government here could shut down, lawmakers and the governor skirmished over emergency powers on Wednesday. <coughs> Republican House Minority Leader Kurt Doubt said at a state capitol news conference, the time for ending emergency powers is passed. It passed a long time ago. Doubt and other Republican leaders touting a compromise they say offered Governor Tim Walz that would allow him to maintain some emergency authority but formally end his emergency powers. They offered a short bill that allows the governor to keep authority over COVID-19 testing and vaccinations. Why? By, declaring the, by having the state declare a public health disaster. Mm. They said such a declaration would allow the state to continue getting federal funds for state nutrition programs during the pandemic. For his part, the governor released a statement responding to the proposal, saying, unfortunately, the proposal put forward is not a serious plan. Uh, Republicans were not surprised by the governor's response because, well, they'd already hashed all this out face-to-face, -face and he had dismissed it during the face 
face-to-face meeting. The governor and lawmakers have until June 30th to reach a budget deal or face at least a partial state government shutdown. Uh, they actually sent out notices to uh, folks that they could get laid off yesterday. Yes, Mr. Reber. Uh, Joe, you remember how in the early months and stages of the pandemic, you know, you had said, you know, well, what's in it for Walls? He didn't ask for this. You're mm-hmm. now seeing your answer. Mm-hmm. Power. That's I what, guess. That's what yeah. this is about. Yeah. Mm. 70-year-old Dwayne Waldorf has pleaded guilty to a misdemeanor disorderly conduct charge, you might remember this, in connection to an attack on a WCCO photojournalist last year. It's part of a plea agreement that will allow him not to have to serve any jail time. Waldorf is from Lamberton. He was accused of hitting Diamond Chown's cell phone while he was recording video for WCCO of a confrontation between supporters of President Trump and then-candidate Joe Biden on September 30th, 2020. The assault occurred just a few hours before Trump held his rally in Duluth. On May 28th, Waldorf amended his not guilty plea on the disorderly conduct charge to guilty. His sentence was stayed. He will have to pay a $400 fine unless he writes an apology letter. Waldorf was also charged with fifth-degree misdemeanor assault for which he pleaded not guilty. Uh, not guilty. That charge dismissed in the plea agreement. Me sorry. Yeah. Uh-huh. I have to write my name on the chalkboard too. <laughs> right. I will never do that again. I am very, 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 very sorry. The Supreme Court Thursday morning narrowed the scope of a federal cyber crime law holding that a policeman who improperly accessed a license plate database cannot be charged under the law. In a 6-3 majority opinion written by Justice Amy Coney Barrett, the court held that Nathan Van Buren, a Georgia police officer, did not violate the nation's top computer crime law when he searched a license plate database for non-official purposes. Responding to a third party who offered to pay him to search the database, a person who turned out to be, by the way, an FBI informant, the police officer agreed, leading to what the U.S. government alleged was a violation of the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act. But Justice Barrett wrote that Van Buren's conduct plainly flouted his department's policy, but said the court had been asked whether she, he violated the CFAA, which she wrote he did not. Barrett said the provision of the law at issue does not cover those who have improper motives for obtaining information that is otherwise available to them. U.S. troops accidentally stormed a cooking oil factory in Bulgaria while on a training exercise last month. <laughs> Let's get them. Get the barring ram. <laughs> Whoops. Paratroopers in the 173rd There was Airborne... oil everywhere. <laughs> Paratroopers in the 173rd Airborne Brigade landed in and around the decommissioned Shezhnigrovo Air Base in south-central Bulgaria on May 11th, all part of a practice mission, according to a U.S. Army press release. The fully functioning factory building sits right next to the old base, and the troops mistook it as part of the mission. The Army said no one was injured, no weapons were fired. Security footage shared by a Bulgarian journalist showed troops making their way through the factory while at least one worker sat at a desk and watched. (laughs) Time out, time out. Time out, Johnny. Yeah. Uh, could a, a a a seasoned newspaper man uh-huh. paint us a little a little Bulgarian <laughs> warehouse picture? Yeah, okay, he's got the big wall calendar behind him <laughs> yes. with the days X'd out, yeah. right? Crossing them off each day, and, and he's got the squeaky wood chair. <laughs> yeah, it's got the squeaky wood chair, and he's got the phone. One of the phones where you had to hang it up above the. <laughs> Yes. The old style uh, phone, yeah, yeah. The, the old style, style phone, 
and he's yeah. got uh, and he's got those uh, things around his wrist to keep his shirt and sleeves oh, yeah. from going up. The garters, up. the garters. Yeah, yeah, he's got garters on his sleeves. And uh, describe and he, the color of the cabinets. Oh, uh, kind of a kind of a Beige. smoked brown. Uh, okay, okay. That, <laughs> would, just, he have, see, would he have the ashtray too on the desk? Joe, in my mind, he's eating. In my mind, he was sitting there with one of those uh, old, old, old lunch boxes, a yeah. steel one with, yeah, with the, the round thermos. Top on. Yeah, thermos. Yeah. Sure. And he's eating a, since he's in Bulgaria, he's eating a ketchup sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. The factory is described as both an olive oil factory and a sunflower oil factory. The Army simply called it a private business. Factory owner Martin Dimitrov plans to sue. Anyone responsible for the raid, according to the Associated Press, the Army and U.S. Embassy in Bulgaria apologized ah, in a press release. Got it. Doesn't, uh, doesn't bode well for uh, warfare, does it, to send those troops out into the field? No, no I don't think so. Building, you know. yeah. uh, you b- national... better be very specific if you do. Right. Maybe they do like my wife does and uh, blame MapQuest. Sent them to the wrong side. <laughs> That's why I drove into the ditch. <laughs> The National Enquirer has been fined $187,000 by the Federal Election Commission for buying and killing that tell-all by former Playboy model Karen McDougal. She sold them her story about having sex with former President Donald Trump for $150,000. The magazine bought the story from her, but then killed it, hoping it would never see the light of day. The FEC considers that a campaign donations, uh, donation, besides being unethical. McDougal said that she had a 10-month fling with Donald Trump before he was president. The transaction occurred back in 2016 when American media, who owns the Inquirer, transferred the 150 grand to Karen. Once again, time out. Once again, time out. Just a quick comment. Who in that story do you have less respect for? No, I, I can't come up with anybody. <laughs> Nobody in that story. No. It's funny you should bring that up, Matthew, because I think Joe has at least two stories that are worth $150,000 from his youth. Right. Um, one in the <laughs> banana suit and the other one. Uh, <laughs> the other in one, jail uh, after he changed uh, the, the tire. The other, no, no, the other one I don't think I'll even bring up. Oh, no, I would. Because okay, he'll kill me. Good. He'll yeah, kill no. me. <laughs> NASA, or Kenny likes to refer to them, NASA, is returning to Venus, our closest yet perhaps most overlooked neighbor after decades of exploring other worlds. The space agency's new administrator, Bill Nelson, announced two new robotic missions to the solar system's hottest planet. He said these two sister missions both aim to understand how Venus became an inferno-like world capable of melting lead on the surface. One mission is named Da Vinci Plus. It'll analyze the thick, cloudy Venusian atmosphere in an attempt to figure out whether the Inferno planet ever had an ocean and was maybe, uh, and maybe it would be able to live on it. Got to really start proofreading these. It'll be the first U.S.-led mission to the Venusian atmosphere since 1978. The other mission, called Veritas, will seek a geologic history by mapping the rocky planet's surface. I think we call that cold copy. A new study finds one in two Americans in a relationship admit that their current partner is the worst sex they've ever had. Huh. Who would remember? (laughs) That's the (laughs) Oh, you're married too, huh? (laughs) That's the uh, takeaway. I'd rather read a book. (laughs) Put that thing away. (laughs) 
the takeaway from the recent survey. <laughs> Examining the biggest embarrassments and disasters in the intimate lives of 2,000 sexually active U.S. residents. One in five say they've experienced more than 10 truly awful sexual encounters in their life. Almost a third more than the a- overall average of seven lousy bedroom rooms. I walk in and kaboom, kaboom, what's that? <laughs> Inside joke, sorry guys. <laughs> Meanwhile, over two in five have had to stop in the middle of a sexual encounter because oh. it was just so bad. Oh. You know what the news, it's 10 o'clock and we hit, I want to see the weather I'm for done tomorrow. now. <laughs> <laughs> The survey also revealed that for 69% of people, good and bad sex is equally unforgettable. Respondents also reminisced about some of their funniest and most regrettable moments in bed, such as uh, calling out an ex's name in the heat of the moment or falling off the couch and rupturing four discs in their back. Uh, one American says... That's funny. Uh, Rose, yeah. put the phone down. <laughs> Rose, put the phone down. Oh, God. Oh, my gosh. Remember that Rose story? Oh, God. Rose, we're Rose done. Can you hand me my Diet Coke? Hang up the phone. <laughs> oh, my God, the hot flash. Uh, and, uh, Joe, or not Joe, uh, Johnny, what was your line? Yeah. Who was it? Uh, Gary... Shandling? Shandling. What was yeah, that one? Shandling. That wasn't good uh, for anybody. Was that went, good? Yeah. Went to uh, went to a bar, picked up a woman, went home and had sex, and rolled off. And I said, "Oh, that was good for me. Was that good for you?" And she said, "That wasn't good for anybody." <laughs> <laughs> Which is the greatest line. Tell ever. it like it is. Yeah. A New Hampshire man. This is a horrible story, by oh, the way. Oh God! Let bring it. Killed in a freak accident oh. when he tied his hammock to a tree only to have the tree fall and crush him to death wow. as oh my God. he was lounging How in the wilderness. How big was he? 50-year-old Edward Murphy had tied the hammock at a tent site near the Wild River Trail in Beans Purchase, but it soon crashed down, according to the New Hampshire Department of Game and Fish. A search team found Murphy's body Thursday after he'd gone missing while on a multi-day hike. Apparently what happened, uh, he had set the hammock up at night. He's uh, out there uh, searching around, set it up, but he set it up on a dead spruce tree. So oh, the man was ready to fall over, basically. Poor guy. Uh, that wouldn't happen. That wouldn't happen if he would have been touring the forest on a Bintelli e-bike with the great big tires. You know, kind of a trail bike. You can get outfitted sure. at EcoFun Motorsport. You don't want to take a hammock into the wilderness at night and tie it up to a dead tree. You want to be on a Bintelli e-bike riding the trails and having a great time. And uh, at EcoFun Motorsports on Highway 61 in downtown Forest Lake. They have a great inventory of electric assist Yamahas and Bintelli's, full line of Yamaha products, youth recreational equipment, uh, helmets, apparel, great service department. But the most important thing is when you get your e-bike at, at EcoFun, you'll get the right fit, the right seat, the right frame size, the right handlebars, and the right tires. It'll make you, uh, make you uh, happy all summer long during the riding season. Uh, Johnny at uh, EcoFun on the Highway of uh, Love, Highway 61 in downtown Forest Lake. Johnny, John, was that what kind of tree was that that he hooked up? It was a dead what? Spruce. 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 Because I recall reading a manuscript years ago where these trees in the forest would talk to each other. Eventually, they started robbing banks, and then they became killer trees, killing all the people that were mocking them. Well, I and failed the screenplay. Yeah. Trees that why. rob banks. They'd yeah. cop in the car and go down to the city and they'd wear the bandito mask. What kind hey, of car would they stay. drive as a getaway? 
Uh, they would drive a uh, a wooden paneled uh, wood station wagon. Station yep. wagon. There you go. Yeah. This used to be your grandfather. <laughs> a judge has rejected the stand your ground defense of a Florida man who said he beat an iguana to death only after it attacked him, biting him on the arm. 43-year-old Najala Patterson has to stand trial on a felony animal cruelty charge, according to Palm Beach County Circuit Judge Jeffrey Gillen. The stand-your-ground law in Florida allows a person who is under attack and reasonably fears death or bodily harm to use deadly force. However, it's normally used in cases involving human beings. It has been used in several high-profile cases, but this is the first time the recipient of deadly force was an animal. Prosecutors say Patterson savagely beat, tormented, tortured, and killed the iguana. It's about a three-footer in a half-hour attack that was all caught in surveillance video. Prosecutor Alexandra Dorman said at no time was the iguana posing any threat to Patterson. Patterson's public defender, Frank Vasconcelos, wrote that the iguana was the aggressor when it leaned forward with its mouth wide open and showed its teeth. Mm. What was that attorney's name again? Oh, thanks. Frank Vasconcelos. Oh, yeah. Vasconcelos? That's who I'm getting if I'm down there. With I, I, was, uh, I, was, I was daydreaming there. How, how did they catch this guy? Did he turn himself in? Security uh, cameras. Sur- oh, surveillance okay. video, right. and somebody Thank must you. have been able to identify him, I'm assuming, at, at some right. point. Gentlemen, um, we were mentioning uh, Patrick uh, a little bit earlier. He just tweeted something out. I did not see this until just now. Did you guys see what the former Minnesota, couple former Minnesota Vikings are up to? No. Bryant oh, McKinney, yes, yes. Robert Griffith, and Byron <laughs> Chamberlain. This is not a joke. I just looked this up. Uh-huh. Are uh, sending out ticket and detail information to join them on a cruise on a boat on Lake Minnetonka. No. 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 I am buying us tickets right now. Love boat redo. Wow. This that is, is fantastic. That's you know what we got to do? Hey, you know what we got to do? Why? Take a break and see if we can pick up that uh, press conference by city oh. officials in Minneapolis. Ah, very good call. Yeah, we'll come right back. We'll be back in just a moment then. Yeah. Flashlight, check. Tool belt, check. Attitude, check. He's going in. Joe Suchere. I was just reading that the St. Paul City Council has not been in the City Hall since March of 2020. What are they afraid of? And they're not returning in person until after Labor Day. COVID mm. safety. I, yeah, sure. Yeah, got to do I mean, we got S H I. Pay cut. They got paid, right, Joe? You still oh, they got them, paid. Right, Joe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. What That's a another gig. three months. What the hell? Well, I can't say anything because I was at home, but I, I certainly beat Labor Day for going back. What the hell? I might not. Uh, we don't know that. Yeah, yeah John. I, I actually moved Kenny, away. So, uh, Joe. Kenny moved away. Uh-huh, Joe came in twice this week. So, you know, yeah, he's, that's he's true. I'll be, I'll be back there tomorrow. He'll Today was just an a, 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 a unexpected circumstance. Right. Say, a lot uh, going on. A lot uh, on the docket. We don't know A lot that. on the docket today I can't even review. <laughs> Do you recall late last month the six-year-old boy in California who was shot to death uh, in, in the car? Because his mother apparently had flipped off oh, another motorist. Yes. Yes. You know what the reward's oh. up to? Hmm. Four hundred and fifty grand. Wow, wow that's wow. really good. Government officials and community members have pooled together four hundred and fifty grand in hopes of finding the driver suspected of shooting Aiden Leos on the northbound fifty five in Orange County, May twenty first, as his mother was driving him to kindergarten. 
Then there was a video I saw today of a guy driving a Maserati. He gets cut off in traffic, so he gets out of the car and walks up and shoots the woman who had kids in her Ooh. car. You guys, yeah. Kenny Kenny was talking about this off the air earlier. Why am I even bringing this up? The just... amount of rage that is on the roads, and I'm just talking about here in the in the metro, it's unfreaking believe I see stuff it, every day. I got a rage gun, story. There's gun flashing all the time. As a matter of fact, somebody was just shot at, was it this morning or yesterday, uh, after exiting at Dowling. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's it's it's, it's unreal, and you know what, Kenny? The the part where all that construction's happening in between the Commons ninety four and and thirty five W, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's treacherous every day getting through there because it's posted. I think fifty. If you're not going seventy, yeah, you know. are getting everything <laughs> yeah. shown at you. It's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Spool it up, you wussy. <laughs> what do you make of the theory that uh, state troopers were somewhat lax during this COVID pandemic? Um, in not enforcing speed limits, do you, no, you don't, you don't put it. I don't no. make anything of it. I, okay. I wouldn't. Absolutely not. Okay. No. They, and now they're they starting to crack down, or no? Okay. They were absolutely not. They were doing everything they could. Only, hey Rook. Yeah. Which one of you morons is making a run, uh, Grunhoffers? I'm not. I, I'm not personally, but I have a son. Gabriel does some uh, landscape work for my brother, who's got a, a place in Hugo. And uh, if well, he goes up there, I, let's I enlist will, him. I will enlist him to get meatloaf for Reavers, yep. uh, double smoked hams. I want uh, wild goose steak. Wild I want wild goose steak. steak. Wild burgers. Brats. I need the pack of salmon. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll FedEx that. I need the seasoning. Good. I need some seasoning. I need some rookie burgers. Some rookie burgers. Yeah. Wagyu burgers. Wagyu oh steak. Oh my gosh. By yeah. the way, uh, have you, you tried? It. Have you tried this one? The Ellsworth Creamery cheese curd beef stick. No. Mm-hmm. What? Wait a minute. So you're combining beef and cheese. It's brand new. It's the That's Ellsworth heaven. Creamery cheese curd beef stick at Grunhofer's Old Fashioned. Oh, they're Beats great marketers. Hugo. And he's fighting City Hall in Forest Lake to get his uh, new store open this month. But uh, in the meantime, of course, you know where to go. It's all the specialties in the world of meat. It's Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo. It's on the Highway of Love and Meat, Highway 61, just at the north end of Hugo. And now that we have a connection, Rook, we can be uh, having your kid do a lot of the shopping there. Yeah, he's got his license. He can run up there. He can run up there every Saturday for crying out Does loud. Does he have cash? Because uh, he's going to have to front me some salmon. He's <laughs> got ways of um, acquiring cash, yes. Uh, Joe, just so uh, GLers know you're not a liar, um, both John and I are watching the scene uh, downtown. I'm thinking it's City Hall uh, yeah. where the press conference has not started. Uh, but we are seeing... Um, a couple of guys from Agape that we saw earlier sitting there mm-hmm. waiting for uh, things to start. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Only because they come to us all the way from Marloth Park in Mpumalanga, South Africa, from Tom Lyman. I only want to mention this. It was on this day in 1990. I fell for this, by the way. Mm-hmm. I was in the crowd. Uh, Soviet President Mikhail Gorbachev spent a few hours in the Twin Cities with uh, Rudy Purpich. Oh, he drove down Grand yeah. Avenue yeah. for and two blocks. A, and I just was remember it was a really cold rain. June day. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Wait a minute. Was this the day that you waved? No, no. that was on the boat. That was at a boat trip. What a sissy. Oh, okay. <laughs> what a Wait, weenie. What, what, are you talking about? what are you talking about? When Carol Levin used to have the, the wave things at the end of the show, <laughs> yeah. and, and everybody, <laughs> no, and, and, no. and they had ripped... 
You know, Joe and Pat on Sports we Talk, Monday Night Sports Talk, they, they had forever ripped it. Don't wait, wait, wait. And then Joe's <laughs> at a boat show with the, the this, kids he used this to have. This bosom liquor. And they, he sticks his arm <laughs> up. <laughs> it starts slow. It starts kind of like with his hand, just kind of raising his hand to, to do a, 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 a solemnly swear, and then it starts moving. It's like, Remember shit. I confessed to Pat? Yeah, Pat. Yeah. I waved. I and waved. Then, and then he didn't goes, know what I was talking about. Like, what do you mean you wave? Where'd you wave? And then he says, I waved at Carrie Lowe. And then when he no! clicked. No! No, he waved! Oh, no, I can't work with him anymore. <laughs> well, anyway, it was on this day that oh, yeah. the old uh, Mikhail was in town and uh, nothing came Boy, of Boy, we so. loved him. And his wife, too. Uh, whatever her name was. Yeah, she was Nikita. Fashion. Mrs. Yeah. Gorbachev. Mrs. Gorbachev. Oh, Nikita is a cold. Yeah, Nikita. I'll take him over this Putin fool. No oh, my kid. dangerous. That dude yeah, is dangerous. Yeah, yeah. He's trying Niet. to steal our meat. So yet. It is not going to be good. All right, GLers, thank you. Thank uh you. we we would bring you that press conference, but it's a podcast, so you can find it online. It's not somewhere. on. I mean they're not doing it yet. So. Be able to find it. You, know, you can get it. I forgot to promote that tomorrow I'm co-hosting Twin Cities Live in Wonderful. honor of Garage Logic, and they're calling me Matthew the Rookie Mikulski from the Garage Logic podcast. Wonderful. So that's we're representing GL on the tube. All right. Tune in and see how big and fat my head is. My head is. What else can I do if I'm online, Rug? Well, if you're poking around, you go to Pod MN on your smartphone because you can find another podcast to your liking. Or if you don't have a smartphone and you're just using your computer, it's PodMN.com. That's PodMN.com. How about YouTube? Well, I've already subscribed to the Garage Logic YouTube page, so I can see all the fun and frivolity and gainful information you can gather by just subscribing on YouTube to the Garage Logic YouTube page. It's just that simple. Cha. I had a bad hair day today, by the way. It was not pleasant. But I still look good. Look at that. It's that time once again here at Garage Logic where we pick up that phone and we make that call to our guy, Mr. Money Talk. GLers do the same. Call Mr. Money Talk for that free 48 minute financial consultation, and you can do so by calling 952 925 5608. When you call that number, you get straight talk. You never get sugar coated advice, and you get the man himself. Josh Arnold is on the line with us right now. Josh, I have a simple question for you to kick things off today. Are they serious? Are they serious? Now, some Somebody wanted to know who are they, and I'm just going to say, are they serious with this federal budget that's being uh, bandied about? I don't know whether this thing is going to pass, but when you start looking at this thing, and this budget was released last Friday, right before the Memorial Day weekend, typically, you know, a weekend where people aren't paying attention so much to the news, and a lot of heavy-duty stuff can get buried, because some serious folks took a look at this government proposal, a $6 trillion budget. That's on top of the proposed infrastructure bill, which covers very little of what most people would consider infrastructure, on top of other COVID relief bills. When you start talking about these trillions and trillions of dollars, it goes way beyond the old Everett Dirksen uh, quote, a billion here and a billion there, and soon you're talking real money. Well, now we're talking in terms of the 
trillions of dollars that the government wants to spend. So this government's budget is predicting an American economic stagnation that would not take place this year or next year. The stagnation would probably start into 2023 and go beyond into the, the balance of the decade. So much for the roaring 20 with this. And it's even written into this budget. The president's economists are, are predicting secular stagnation after GDP boost this year of 5.2% and 4.3% next year, coming off of the negative GDP coming from the government imposed or the government mandated economic shutdown. This budget implies growth now with a payback through higher taxes and or tighter monetary policy or both stagflation. In fact, many of us uh, remember that from the uh, the Carter years. Stagflation. Yeah, higher energy prices, turn your thermostat down, wear a sweater in your house, and conserve, conserve, conserve. Oh my goodness. This thing is is one for the book. And that's and what do you expect? Yep, we're going to spend a lot of money and we're only going to tax at least initially the very rich. But guess what? Those taxes uh, are scheduled to increase. And that's, that's from the 2017 uh, tax cut. Those sunset uh, in 2024. So everybody is going to get an automatic tax increase. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's uh, just, just the same as Obamacare. I can keep, keep my doctor. Uh, yeah, good, good luck with that one. This is one of the things that I have been concerned about since the beginning of the, the year with this administration. And I don't want to be chatting about the politics all the time, but politics do have a way of impacting the investment scene. Not that we can't make money. We can. My concern from the beginning of the year was what I'd call Obama 2.0, higher taxes and a lot more regulation. This administration says the government is leading to solve problems. I just see a lot more spending, spending wastefully, and that's going to cut down on productivity and innovation. And again, this doesn't mean we can't make money. Definitely can. It will put the, the focus more on growth and technology. So right now, the growth stocks and many of the technology stocks have been hurt with the belief that interest rates are going to be skyrocketing. Well, I don't think interest rates are going to be skyrocketing. At the uh, 10-year Treasury is only at uh, 1.6%, which just a few years ago would be considered exceedingly low. It did go much lower than that. If interest rates go up, all you bond investors are going to continue to get hurt. Bonds go inverse to interest rates. Interest rates up, bond prices go down. I would still keep my focus, even though it's very difficult right now, companies that have grown growing sales and growing earnings, and those happen to be in what I'd call the broad technology space or companies where technology is definitely having an impact. Well, he brought his fastball today, GLers. Do yourself a favor and get in touch with Mr. Money Talk today for that free 48-minute financial consultation, and you do so by picking up that phone and making that call to 952 952- 
972-925-5608. Josh, as always, thank you so much for the time and the spirited chat today. That was fantastic. Have a great weekend, and we'll chat again next week. Thanks, Chris. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk.